Welcome to the Create Your Future podcast. I'm David Lee Jensen, and I am absolutely positively in search of the knowledge from entrepreneurs of how they started, how they continued, how they succeeded, and just helping people in general learn that you can make the transition in life from the day job, punching a clock, to becoming an entrepreneur, making money while you sleep, and more importantly, helping others while you sleep. And we've got a guest today who absolutely positively does that day in, day out with um, an amazing company called Command Your Brand. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Jeremy Ryan Slate. Jeremy, welcome to the show. Hey, David. I'm stoked to be here, man. I know when you and I first connected, I told you I've been following you for a number of years. And uh, we, we finally got a chance to connect, do a lot of cool stuff together. So I appreciate you having me on today, man. Hey, I'm really excited to have you. I think, um, you know, what, what's really awesome is sometimes you have guests just because, you know, like they're celebrity or they do this or that or the other. And then sometimes you have guests because they have got the most incredible content, the most uh, helpful attitude and this and that and the other. And I really consider you one of those people. Command Your Brand is, uh, you know, it's, it's a tool to break through obscurity, to become known and use the power of podcasting as an entrepreneur, I know, because I'm not just a friend, I'm also a client. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a little bit about like uh, Command Your Brand, just your current service so that mm -hmm. people know who you are and what you do. So we are the premier boutique podcast booking firm in the PR space. So really what we do is we help people locate like who is your ideal audience? What are you going to say in front of that audience? And then we get people booked in that show. And then a lot of what we also do is teach content marketing as well. Because I find that too many people, when they see, whether it's an online media feature or a radio feature, whatever it may be, they think that the end product is actually that feature when it's not. It's actually the positioning you create from that and what you do with it. So that's a lot of what we do at Command Your Brand. Wow, that's awesome. That's almost like the, the modern day version of if you write a book, that's your new business card. If you've got yep. a podcast, you're going to attract attention in business, wouldn't you say? Yeah, no, I would, I would totally agree. It's in terms of podcasting, whether you're a guest or whether you're a host, it's one of the best networking tools you can have. Like I've connected with so many incredible people that if I didn't have a platform or wasn't on other platforms, wouldn't really give me the time of day. Wow. That is, that is really terrific. And now, I mean, forget time of day, you've been featured in Forbes, the uh, Inc. Top 20 podcasts, and you're CEO of Command Your Brand. Everybody should know right away, just in case they have to pop up because people listen to podcasts while they're driving and running on the treadmill and what have you, where to find you so they can know more, which I know uh, on Instagram, you're huge. Uh, <laughs> and that's at Jeremy Ryan Slate. Yep. Where else can people find you? Well, if they want to check out the company stuff, that's over at commandyourbrand.com, which we actually just purchased. We've been dot, dot .media for about two years. And uh, also over at jeremyryanslate.com. Sweet. Okay, good. So that was that investment you talked about. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm going to just segue, pivot right here, right now in this show, because like, that's, that's what this show's becoming. It's, <laughs> we just go off on these tangents like squirrel. But I actually just did the exact same thing. We have Create Your Conference. And you know this because you interviewed me right in the beginning. And uh, we have, we've trademarked CR8 for Create Your Future. And it's been great. We have swag. It's, it's all cool. Except that our web domain is createconference.com. And we have Create Your Future, et cetera, et cetera, with, with CR8. 
So every time I say the website, I have to go createconference.com. That's C-R-8conference.com. So we actually, I mean, that's what Kismet uh, literally day before yesterday, we bought createconference.com with the letters spelled out C-R-E-A-T-E conference. And it was actually because of you introducing me to podcasting that I realized, you know, on YouTube and in person, people see the create logo and I say createconference.com, it's no problem. But when you're on radio or you're on podcast yep. and people can only hear you, you say createconference.com, what do they think, right? So congratulations on that for you because I know I've sent you many an email to commandyourbrand.com and you're like, I didn't get your email at <laughs> commandyourbrand.media. And I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> you know? Well, it, it's, it, can I tell you the story quick? It's, it'll take Please, like 30 yeah, seconds. It's that's, great. No, it's so important we, for people to hear the importance of this. You know? Yeah, so the original version of what we do is called Get Featured. And I started it with a business partner. It didn't go so well, but we invested in a premium domain, which was getfeatured.com. So this isn't the first time I've, I've done that. Um, and then once that business partner left, we decided we're going to call this new, what we're doing, Command Your Brand. We thought it was a great name. We surveyed the name. People love the name. The thing we didn't do, which is funny because I always recommend this to people, go to GoDaddy and like see like what domains are out there. Totally. We registered the LLC, did all the branding, paid for the logo, and Command Your Brand was not available. Oh. Um, so I reached out to the guy that owned it. He had it for $2,500. I'm like, okay, cool. We can probably work out a deal for this. So I went to who.is, which is how you find out who owns domains, sent him an email, said, I'd love to, you know, reach out to you for a deal on this. He takes it down off GoDaddy, sends me an email and says, I've researched you a little bit. I found that there's economic value to this and it now will cost you $10,000. Oh, <laughs> friendliest guy in the world <laughs> absolutely so then a year and a half go by and he has a backup on GoDaddy for 2500 and because of that previous exchange I just can't pay that much so I reached out to a friend that's a domain broker who they don't have to disclose to the person you're buying the domain like who the person buying it is so he reached out he got it for 2100 deal is done <laughs> nice very well done that is yeah that's that's incredible and mine, I actually, you know, it's so funny. And, and I don't know if the guy will hear this, hopefully not. But I called, you know, the, the GoDaddy broker or whatever. And, you know, that's the guy who then contacts the other guy. And mm -hmm. you really don't want them researching you or seeing no. you know, what your success is or that, oh, this guy owns three companies and this and that, right? So I literally was like, well, I've really never done this before. And like, I can't believe it's $2,500 for, a, you know, and I just <laughs> literally like wind my way through it. And I was like, well, I'll offer him a thousand dollars, you know, that even though God, my wife's going to kill me, you know, and I literally just wind my way through the whole thing. And I think we got it down to 1750 or something nice. like that. And it just, uh, it just was, it's, it's painful paying that much just to like use your name for something that you know the person just went and like, you know, herded, herded cats full of domains. Yeah. Whatever. I guess it's a business, right? <laughs> it is. Um, but we've got it now. And so our conference hopefully will be a huge success. So let's get back to you. Sure. Um, and I want to know, and I ask this on every show because I think the most important thing about entrepreneurship is that it's always begun in fear, or in my opinion, it's always begun in fear of failure in, you know, the, the scared, uh, the, the scared viewpoint of what if, you know, this is going to happen. 
So, you know, not necessarily like the superhero origin stories of Marvel or whatever, but what's your origin story as an entrepreneur, Jeremy? Sure. It's, it's funny because my wife and I were literally talking about this a couple of days ago. We've been together almost 11 years now and I'm telling her this Congrats. story and she goes, she goes, I had no idea about this about you. Why didn't you, why don't you ever tell us this part of your story? Um, at 11 years old in time, from the time I was 17, I had a newspaper route. And I started with one newspaper route and I made a deal with the, the, the company that every time a new route would come available, they'd call me and let me know. So I started with 80 newspapers. Um, I, by the time I was done at 17, I had almost 300. So it was me on my bicycle with you know, two bags on either side of me. If I hit a rock, I was going to tip over. Um, but I did that for a really long time. And I, I made a lot of money, man. Like as a newspaper carrier, people were really generous around Christmas. They pay anywhere from $2,500 to $5,000 in tips a year. So I was doing pretty well delivering newspapers. And my wife goes, why don't you ever tell that part of your story? I'm like, oh, it just doesn't feel like it fits. But I guess I always was an entrepreneur. Um, but in terms of like background, I uh, attended Seton Hall University and I have a double major in uh, Judaism and Catholic theology. Wow. I then went to New College Oxford for a degree in literature, came back and did my master's in ancient history and uh, did not get into a PhD program at NYU. So the whole I'm going to be a college professor train ended pretty quickly. Wow. I ended up teaching high school for a couple of years, man. And I was not happy. I was stuck in a room with 40 kids. I had no preparation. And I was a very angry person. Like, it just did not, did not go very well for me. And then at the age of 24, when I was 24, my mom ended up having a really bad stroke. And oh, wow. it was a very, very difficult situation for me. And it's funny because I always tell people, like, at 19, I got last rites. Like, I had a knee surgery that didn't go well. And they got, I got last rites. And after three days, I started breathing again and everything like that. And you know, being from New Jersey, some people call it pork roll, others call it Taylor ham. I just woke up and I want my bagel with Taylor ham. Like it didn't change my life. And then <laughs> at 24, almost losing my mom, like it really like hit me, man. Like it really struck me really, really hard. And it made me look like, look at what am I doing with my life? So yeah. it took me kind of a year to decide what that was going to be. And around 2012, my wife was educated about a network marketing opportunity. I had no idea what that was. So I saw this presentation. I'm like, I'm going to be a millionaire next week. This is going to be right. incredible. Of course. Um, <laughs> needless to say, it took a little bit more than next week. Um, but I did very well in that opportunity, but I wasn't happy. So I went from there to then selling life insurance, which I was really good at, but I hated sitting down with somebody and saying, so because you're going to die, you need to buy this. And didn't do that for very long, but I was very successful at it. Then I wow. ended up selling products on Amazon. And that didn't last very long because I left the promo code on my website and sold all 100 units for a dollar. Didn't make any Ooh. money on that. <laughs> I finally gave up, man. And I ended up actually teaching myself how to, how to code websites from watching YouTube videos and reading blogs and ended up working at a friend's web design firm and started this, my first podcast called the Rock Your Life podcast was absolutely tanked um, as kind of a hobby. And wow. 60 days later, I turned it around, started Create Your Own Life, and which grew very quickly, became Command Your Brand Media, and that kind of leads us to where we are today. Wow, man. So you've had, uh, I mean, one, thank you for telling us I've lived us a few that. lifetimes. Yeah, <laughs> you absolutely have. And it's funny because, you know, to create your future yourself, to like become an entrepreneur, you have to be willing to pivot. You have to be willing to change. Mm -hmm. And you're a, a total shining example of that because you 
you know, you're like the boxer who gets down, hits, you know, oh, three counts, and he gets back up, and the ref's like, you okay? And he's like, you know, boom, and he goes down for an eight count, and he gets back up. And so really well done on continuing to that success. I mean, now you're an overnight success, right? Oh, absolutely, man. It only, it's only taken me since 2012 to figure it out. And then, you know, in the last couple of years, we've become a not seven figure, but multiple high six figure business. So, you know, it's taken a lot of work, but it was not overnight, man. Yeah, that's spectacular. <laughs> now, so let me ask you a question. This might put you on the spot. But sure. are, you, are you happy now? Oh, absolutely. I've got a great family. I've got um, a business model that allows me to live the life that I want to live with you know, some amazing staff. Uh, we had our first daughter about a year ago and it's allowed us to, you know, I've done a lot of traveling and speaking, which has been really, really cool. And so I've gotten to take my daughter all over Europe and she's not even two yet. Like it's been amazing, man. That's really cool because, you know, you hear all the time about entrepreneurship and like, you know, do what you love, you know, follow your passion and all this or whatever. And, and then sometimes you meet these entrepreneurs and they're like, oh, I'm in the grind and I'm in the hustle. And, you know, it's Sunday at 8am and I'm like, you know, I made a million dollars before you got it. And I'm like, really? Are you happy? Right. And so I really love that you love what you do and you help others so much or what have you. Now you skipped over something that I know about you and, and you haven't told anybody. So, um, I'm going to just say one word and, you know, I want you to just riff on that. Okay. Oh gosh. And I'm going to actually tie it into something. Yeah. Oh, we're putting you on the spot. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know what I forgot, but you're about to tell me. <laughs> I know this is really great. Let's pause for a uh, station identification. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so, um, and, and it's funny because you mentioned I was really angry. And so I was thinking maybe steroids. Um, so the question <laughs> is, <laughs> I see where you're going. One word, buddy bodybuilding. Yeah. So I was a competitive powerlifter um, from the time of 17 <laughs> until about, until about uh, 26, 27. And I just realized my body um, being pushed that hard just couldn't handle that anymore based on the lifestyle I wanted to live and everything else. Uh, but at one point in time, I did pull an 80,000 pound army tank on the back of an 18 wheeler. I, Shut uh, up. <laughs> I, I have uh, won several competitions. My, my best was I bench pressed 455, uh, squatted 705, and deadlifted 635 at a body weight of 192. Uh, and, and how tall are you? I'm five foot seven. So I was like kind of wow. like a bowling ball on wheels, you know? <laughs> wow. Yeah. You know, we just started sending out swag and you put small on the t-shirt order. Well, Cause I'm man, like, I'm 165 pounds now. Like I'm in wow. great shape, but like I'm not 192 anymore, man. Wow. That is so cool. Okay, good. So if you didn't know that about Jeremy Ryan Slade, or if you ever don't pay your bill for command your brand, <laughs> just know. <laughs> I will find you, brother. <laughs> I, will, I know where you live. <laughs> I will chase down your family. <laughs> okay, great. That is so cool. So let me ask you a question about your service, right? Mm -hmm. Um because, you know, and, and not trying to create shameless promotion or whatever, but because I know from personal experience just how valuable it is, what is the, what is the core or the point, the core reason or moment, you know, along their business path? Like, you know, personally, if somebody said, hey, should I get into podcasting, you know, today and they don't even have like a product online yet or they don't have like, you know, a book ready or this, that or the other what would be the point in the sequence of somebody's transition into the entrepreneurial world to begin podcasting? And then that's kind of a two-part question because I know they can do that, 
you know, quote, without your help at that point. Mm -hmm. But, and then at what point should they engage with a media firm like Command Your Brand? So, so well, I, I think there's two, there's, there's two answers to that because, okay. because they're, they're, when I started my podcast, I'd failed a lot of things. And I really just started this as kind of a, a journey to learn a lot about really cool high performers. So I made a list of the top 100 people I admired, reached out to them, and I had a pretty good success rate of, of having those people agree to be on the show. The first person I reached out to was Seth Godin, and he said, no, but when you get to 400, I'll do it. So he was episode 400 of the show. Oh, um, so cool. I'll say you don't need you know, to have the product, to have everything defined to start a podcast. But here's the thing I will say, you can't start the same podcast that everybody else has started. You know, I, mm -hmm. I find there's, there's probably, there, there's 800,000 shows out there as we speak, 200,000 of those have tried to copy John Lee Dumas entrepreneur on fire and have failed mm -hmm. because number one, he started in 2012 when there weren't as many fish in the sea. And number two, they haven't differentiated. If you're doing the exact same thing as everybody else, you're not going to stand out. You know, I got some really great advice um, from one of my good friends, David Breyer, and he's like one of the top guys in branding. And he always mm -hmm. tells me, if you don't differentiate, you're promoting your space. You're not promoting yourself. So find wow. out how your message is unique and find out how you're going to get it out there. Now, do you have to have a product or service yet? No, but just have a very unique message to deliver and how you're going to deliver it. Now, part two of that, I would say, if you're going to get on other podcasts as a guest, which is really what our core offering is, I wouldn't do that until you have your product or service or everything defined because it's just not going to make as much sense for you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's important to build brand, but if you're not going to, I wouldn't do that kind of reach until you actually have something to sell. Nice. Okay, good. So then that leads right into, you know, the obvious next question. What advice, you know, from, from either the side of your, the service that you deliver and the clients that you've served, and I know you've seen probably you know, terrific success and results from that. And then I'm sure you have some that haven't taken advantage of that. Sure. Uh, and then you have your own personal experience, you know, a bodybuilding, I mean, a podcast. <laughs> so, so tell me this, what advice would you give aspiring entrepreneurs from wow. that experience? What advice would I give them? Like, I would say number one, approach it as a professional, because as I said, I, I previously had a show called Rock Your Life um, and it was not very good. It had no miking. It didn't really have a structure. I was kind of being very life coachy, but I didn't really have any life experience. So I would say that approach it as professional is the first thing I really learned. Now, let me interrupt you. I apologize, but what's miking? Oh, just having like a microphone. So like previously, like it was me and my MacBook talking at it. So oh, wow. <laughs> it was like, yeah, you, you can only imagine like, and you got to think this Low was grade, <laughs> right? But you got to think I had an old MacBook at that point too. Like I had a 2011 MacBook. So you can just imagine how bad the sound was. It was just atrocious. That's like you don't a model have to T have the in best cars, right? <laughs> yeah. You don't have to have the best equipment in the world, man. But just like you do have to have a mic so that you sound good. And also okay, good. like estimating the amount of effort this is going to take. There's a mm. lot of shows out there. You've got to be willing to get it in front of a lot of people. You know, when I first started, I didn't, I'll say first and foremost, I didn't know there's a thing such as called automation. So I sent out 3000 individual LinkedIn messages by hand. Um, cause I didn't know there was a thing called automation asking people to subscribe wow. and rate the show. Um, I sent out 700 text messages. I sent out, you know, hundreds of emails that I had collected over the years. And when I was in public, I was grabbing people's phones, subscribing to my show and writing reviews for myself in their name, because you have to take a lot of action to get out there and break through the noise. Right. So I say those are two really huge learning things. 
the other thing is, you know, we already hit on it, but differentiate, man. Like, how are you different? How are you unique? How are you going to service people differently? And honestly, that's why my show flow has went the way it has. And that's why it's had a lot of success because I've tried to reach out to the best of the best and, and I've tried to learn in my unique viewpoint. Like people want to have a relationship with you through audio. And if you're not showing who you really are and really being different than everybody else, they, they can't build that relationship. Right. And I think you're headed right in the direction of what I wanted to ask you next, which is because that's, that's really hard won advice and it's really practical advice. So that's really appreciated. What do you consider uh, most important to you about your impact on the world? Like, you know, if you, yeah, I mean, here's the thing, right? Like, And I say it tongue in cheek and my wife's always like, don't even say that. And I'm like, but if I got hit by a bus tomorrow, I know, you know, what I have accomplished, what I haven't accomplished and, you know, where I am on the scale of how I feel about that. Right. And part of it is, is, you know, measuring my impact on the world. And that's why there ain't no damn way I'm getting hit by a bus tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? No, absolutely. So, so, you know, talk about your impact on the world and where you feel you're at with that now and where you're going. Wow. Um, so I feel like this has changed a lot over the years. Cause first of all, I'm a big thinker. So, you know, whenever we've been here in like, you know, our business group meeting or things like that, I've always said like, wow, did that just come out of my mouth? And everybody's like, I want to make $100,000. I'm like, I want to take over the world. And I'm always like, it's, I've always been a big thinker, but it, it's a goal that's grown over time. You know what I mean? It hasn't been something that I've always known what I'm going to do from the beginning. And once a year, honestly, my wife and I sit down and, and we write like, you know, what is our goal? You know, do we have purposes around that goal? We, we write everything that we feel like we need to have in alignment to, to achieve things. And it, it grows year after year. And I feel like last year I was on stage in Kiev, Ukraine, and we were, I was in front of about a thousand people. And I, I said something that I don't know where it came from, man, but for me, it's really summed up to what I, what my mission is now. And that's, I want to help the people that are changing the world, because here's the thing as an individual and as a company, as a brand, I'm finite, but mm. the more people I help with really big missions and really big goals, that is how you change the world. And that is how you make impact is helping those people that, you know, turn the wheels of the world, man. That's, that's how you do it. So for me, that's what the mission has become was that that at first, no, but that's what it's over time gradually morphed into. Wow. Boom. Mic drop. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us. On, I mean, wow. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> where do I go from there? Right. <laughs> Any other question now seems to pale in comparison. Slightly, to slightly that, irre- right? irrelevant at this point. That was really like, okay, good. If we were going to go 45, we just decided to go 35. <laughs> All right. But let me ask you another question because sure. I actually am really blessed, honored, and stoked to have you speaking at 2020's Create Your Future Conference. Yeah. Yeah. Createconference.com. Boom. So that's going to be exciting as heck. And you uh, are going to bring a lot of what we just discussed to the table. And Mm -hmm. you're going to bring some real surprises about your services and in the Create community. And I'm just like completely stoked about that. But let me ask you a question, right? because I don't want you to tip your hat on what you're going to share at the event, but, <laughs> but answer me this one question. And, and, and I don't mean also through my brand. I just mean the word itself and the, the impact of that world. We were just talking about impact, but what does the word create mean to you? 
Wow. Um, so I, it's funny because I literally had this conversation with our, our mutual friend, James Barber, um, last week. Mm. And, and I, I tell him something that I tell, <laughs> I told him something that I feel like I tell every intense creative that I, that I speak to, because I just have so much admiration for people that are artists and creatives that to me, artists are the ones that create the future. Those of us can't, that, that they create and put the future that, that the rest of us can't see yet. So wow. to me is creating is putting a future there, man. Like it's putting something there to work towards is putting something there that, you know, it's just out there in the ether yet, man. Like you gotta, you gotta have the idea before you can put everything underneath it to make it happen. So to me, that's what creating is. It's, you know, coming up with that big idea so that you can put the future there that others don't see. You know what I mean? That's really what creating is. Dude, mic drop number two. Well, actually, it's not, <laughs> that's got to be number three because I think there was a bodybuilding steroids comment in there at some point. Right now, kidding. <laughs> Anyways, wow. Okay, good. Well, uh, you are an artist and you are creating the future and you're doing it to impact the world in a great way. Obviously, you know, and you've gotten your accolades along the way, but I think those pale in comparison to the you know, impact and expanse of your expansion for the rest of the future. So uh, good on you. Keep it up. It's uh, amazing what you do. I really appreciate your help uh, with my podcast and my creating of the future. And really stoked to hear what you have to say at the event, uh, March 27th and 28th in Phoenix, Arizona. It is going to be a star-studded lineup, and you're one of those stars. So thank you so much for joining us. Uh, if you want to um, come on that, we still have actually a, a discount code, SLATE20, 20% 20 off of for you know all listeners who are fans of Jeremy Ryan Slate or Command Your Brand uh, clients or aspiring clients. And thanks, man. I really, really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, man. This has been a lot of fun. I want to I want to tie up with uh, in a little bow one last thing. Is there something that I should have asked you on this podcast that I didn't? Yes. And he's in thought. Yes. What is okay, that? Okay, so so something uh, you wanted to share. The historical character that you can learn the most from. Um, and, and because, because, that's right. You're right. I should have asked that question. You should ask me, me a Jeremy, history question, man. Jeremy, wait one second. Being a history manager, double <laughs> in Judaism and Catholicism. Now, I didn't go to that of like, was well, that because you wanted to marry a Jewish wife? Or like, I didn't go into that at all, which maybe I should have. But truly, Jeremy, let me ask you one last question before we sign off. Based on historical characters, how would you? Well, so, so here's, the, here's the thing I'll say. There's two things you can learn from, from uh, you know, big minds and famous men in history, right? There, there's three people that I find extremely interesting. The first being Alexander the Great, and I wrote my graduate thesis on him. I have like 30 plus books on him on the bookshelf over there. Nice. Alexander the Great, Cesare Borgia, and, uh, you know, the uh, Lorenzo di Medici. You can learn mm. a lot from three of them because yeah. they were people that had really big goals and really big ideas to change the world. But when you do that and you have that level of notoriety and that level of being seen, you're on a razor's edge, man, because they went over the other side of the, the razor and they became guys that wanted to conquer the world and wanted to, de to destroy the world and control the world. So I'll say, when you become the top in your field, learn to use it for good is the thing I will, I will say. Learn to use wow. it for good, stay pure of what you do is the first lesson. The other thing I would say, and this is the thing I've really learned from Alexander the Great, is he actually had his own publicist with him. He, pay he paid the scribe Arian to follow him around the world and write about everything that he did. And it's one of the reasons we actually struggle to know 
what was Alexander really like and what did he really do? Because he paid someone to tell his story. And wow. as an entrepreneur and as a business owner, you have to realize the media is not looking for you. Other people aren't going to tell your story for you. You have to be the one to tell your story, get it out there and be the one in control of your narrative. That is, wow. He's like, my job number four, <laughs> gotcha. But I'm going to add to that one thing, however, because, you know, and it's hilarious because I'm going to go back. I mean, I'm just new to podcasting. I think I've done five interviews now. I think you're number six, what have you. And in each one, this point has come up and you just said it. And I'm so glad you said it, which is, you know, people won't find you. And I believe as, you know, you know, our generation and having been athletes or whatever, we all learned this one thing, right? Which was, if you build it, they will come. Remember that? Kevin Costner, come on, that's man. Right. He's lying. Kevin Costner's lying to people, man. Dude, and that's the problem is like, we all bought into it. If you build it, they will come. And it Not is true. such a lie. If you build it, then you better damn well promote it or it's going to be empty. Yep. <laughs> you know, yep. like... So they should get a agent to manage their podcast appearances from commandyourbrand.com. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, thanks a lot for coming on. You guys should all follow at Jeremy Ryan Slate and check out commandyourbrand.com or .media. I'm sure they both land in the same place now. This has been an amazing episode of Create Your Future Podcast. Thanks for joining us. And we will definitely be seeing you again in the near future. Thank you so much for having me, David. Take care. That's the end of our show.